So I just want to share with you two pieces from Hirsch. Um, one of them is a, is a beautiful piece that um, he puts down the relationship between Tarsh and Mikhsav. We spoke about this once before. I don't recall if we did it inside or not. I don't think we did it inside. Um, okay. The. So Rashi brings from Chazal that you have to put the, the mishpatim down, like a, a set table, which means clear, understandable, every right. So obviously that the psukim here are not a shulchanaruch. There's many details which are left out, protim, etc. So obviously it, within the nusach Chazal are telling us that Moshe was told to give it over with a lot more explanation, background, elaboration, etc. Um, um, so he gives a marshal on page um, 288 it's the second page um, beginning of the second page the beginning of the paragraph on the bottom the is to be to the Tarshal in relation to the short notes on a full and extensive mm-hmm. lecture of any, on any scientific subject. For the student who has heard the whole lecture, short notes are quite sufficient to bring afresh to his mind any time the whole subject of the lecture. For him, a word, an added mark of interrogation, an exclamation, a dot, underlining, is quite sufficient to recall to his mind a whole series of thoughts, a remark, etc. Those who have not heard the lecture from the Master, such notes would be completely useless. They were trying to reconstruct this lectures really from the notes. They make many errors. Words, marks, etc. The serve these scholars who heard lectures instructive guiding stars to the wisdom. They've been taught. The wisdom truths which are initiated reproduce from them but do not produce out of them are seen by the uninitiated as being merely a clever, witty play of words and empty dreams without any real foundation. It, it, the the, the marshal is gewaldic, right? Like extra word over here. Oh, that Kazamik is Russia. Like, that's ridiculous. It's a it's a mistake. Tarshim al is in place, and Tarshim itself was a concise version of Tarshim al And in that, once you know the Tarshim al the Tarshim itself, an extra word it can it play a role to bring up bring out a whole thought. But you're right, right? Do not know Tarshim al at all. And I'm starting with no background and say, well, you know, it's an extra word over here. Let's make up that it means X. I, I hear the challenge, right? You know, like, how do you know that it means that? Now, with that being said, um, there's the reverse in his system, the Malam, even more so in his system, says Chazal were consistent in these type of droshes. It wasn't just extra letter here, extra letter there. Type of thing, you know. I imagine in, in, the, in my note taking, I'm not going to be perfectly consistent, but I'll be somewhat consistent. I'll get used to it. I'll develop a system. You know, the things that are important. I'll underline. I'll put question marks. I'll put, you know, things which are primary. I'll put an A next to them. You know, I'm going to develop a system of how things are going to work, and I'll be fairly consistent because otherwise, I have to keep remembering it each time what, exactly what I did. So, so are very consistent. Um, the Malbim in his introduction to Vayikra, you ever went through it? The Malbim has an introduction to Sefer Vayikra. Call, the name is, the name is just called Yelas Hashem. 
Um, the reason why it's called Yelot HaShachar is because if you add up the gematria of Yelot HaShachar, that's the amount of entries he has in the bees. That's a lot of entries. Um, so, um, the he feels that he figured out the system Chazal used to make their drushes. So again, we don't have a Masara of that system per se. We have various pieces. But he worked backwards to figure out, okay, so why are some, sometimes the, 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 the verb before the noun, sometimes the noun is before the verb, sometimes the subject to be in the sentence, sometimes the subject get into the sentence. And he went through all of the drushes Chazal and all of Psukim, and he made a system based on that. Now, the, the level of genius you need to be able to accomplish that without a computer, with a computer, it would be quite an accomplishment, right? Without a computer, it's like, you know, like, um, um, so, and he, then he, and he writes it down, he says, and he gives you, then he starts giving you examples in places and shots where Chazal noticed this type of nuance, and they always have the same type of drush. I just, like, I mean, you just have to, like, be blown away by it. But Hirsch, I don't, I don't, Hirsch's point is a, it's a different point. You know, his point is, okay, we're going to draw the line like this. It's a very clear line. It's always the same line. It's always clear. It's not just pulling something out of their hat. Hirsch's point is, you're starting from a mistaken notion. You thought we're making up new ideas. What we're really doing is taking known ideas. Tarshim Alpeh was given together with Tarshim Iksav. We're not making up new things. We're starting with the realities which exist. And from those realities which exist, we're looking and finding a place you can find in the text. The Metz of the Ramam says it. Ramam Pirsh Mishnayis in Sukkah, in the third parak, the Gemara goes to the conversation how we know that the creates order is referring to an Esther. Zemura says, because the word Hadr means Lashon Hador, it lives in the tree. Marissa, there's another type of fruit which stays year to year. Marissa, Marissa, maybe means this. Marissa, what about that? And the more goes to a whole list of different lists of things. So Rama says, so what's the conversation over here? Christ says, this is the time of the Amoroi. So, you know, we have no idea what, what this Pasuk means. We've been, and, and everybody Christ has been taking different things in the last 1,500 years. All of a sudden, you know, let's sit down and have a conversation. And once in all, fight the side, what exactly is this creates order of the Pasuk? That's ridiculous. Obviously, Klaus has been taking an esrig for the last fifteen hundred years. Moshe Rabbeinu came down the first year when Klaus did the mitzvah after after Moshe Rabbeinu gave the mitzvah. They didn't say, "Hmm, Moshe, what is this supposed to refer to?" I said, "I don't know. God didn't tell me." According to Moshe, told him what it is. That wasn't the so. What's the, the conversation? We know what it is. When when he said to the pasuk to put on tefillin, they knew what tefillin looked like. But the question is, can we find? A, a, a some type of besides being Tarshabapeh, is there any way to find it in the Pasuk itself? That's the conversation of the Gemara that I'm saying. But when, that we're starting from scratch, we have no idea what it is, let's go figure it out, is, is a misunderstanding of how the relationship. That, so that's, that's the point the Ramam says. But what Hirsch is adding is you think about it, I ask you, what's more important, the lecture or the notes? The answer is the lecture. Because the lecture is the full statement. The notes are just a vehicle to recall the lecture. 
So according to Hirsch, Tarsha Balpeh is much more important than Tarsha Bixab. Because Tarsha Balpeh is the lecture. Tarsha Bixab is the notes. By establishing the relationship the way he did, he, he turns the whole thing around. So, you know, he was dealing with, I mean, obviously, this part of it was a response to the reform of his time, who denied Tarsha Balpeh. And, you know, the main thing is the Tarsha Bixab, because and, and they're saying, well, listen, everybody agrees Tarshim Sav is important. The Tarshim is debatable. We don't believe in it. He says, not only does he agree, but first of all, it's not debatable. It, it's important. But it's more than that. It's, it's even, you got, you got, you're backwards. There's no, nobody in their right mind can figure out what the Torah means based on the Torah, just what's written in the Torah. We don't have the ability to do that. So, Torah says you should shech like Kashar Tzivizich. Torah says you should put on tefillin. Right? The Torah says you, you should take a pre hunger. There's so many things which are ambiguous. So what are you supposed to do? Whatever you want? That's not, that, you know, that's not Mistaver. So it means, I, I think that this piece of refresh is like so powerful. So let's go back to the, the beginning of it. Okay, so the, the Russian is giving me Shpotim. Okay, now, to the unprejudiced, unprejudiced mind, nothing can be so secondly from the truth, show the truth of traditional oral law as the first paragraphs with which this mosaic law giving starts. So now Moshe Rabbeinu is start, starting to give over the parsha of Mishpatim. The civil and criminal laws of the nation are to be given. The fundamental basis of the ordinance of justice and humaneness are to be laid down to govern relationships and behavior of man to his fellow man in the states. The first matter to be dealt with deals with the rights of man. When a man sells another man, when a man sells his daughter. What an unthinkable, unthinkable enormity if this written word of the book of the law of the Jewish nation should be the only, the one only source of the Jewish concept of, of rights. That's it. Right? We have like six psukim covered out everything there is to say. What a mass of laws and principles of jurisprudence must have already been said and fixed, considered and laid down and explained before the book of law could reach these, or even speak of these, are only quite exceptional cases. Like, you know, listen, you know, encroaching on neighbors' rights, etc. The only thing we need to discuss is what would be... Your if you sell your daughter. Like, that's the only thing left to discuss. Like, everything else is like, you know, like, that's all there is, you know. Everything else is like, do whatever you want. Right? But it's with these sentences, the concepts which deny and limit the, the very holiest personal right of man, the right to personal freedom, that the law begins. But it's a quite a different matter if the written word, the book, is not the real source of Jewish concepts or rights. If this source is the, the traditional law, which was entrusted to the living word, to which this book is only an aid to memory and reference when the doubts arise, etc., etc. So that's the point that he says. So then we understand that it's not a kasha, right, that... There's many other things which are discussed. Now, from that vantage point, um, we could discuss why do we think maybe these would be the the um, the notes. Yeah. The beginning. The, the beginning of the notes. Yeah. <laughs> still, still an odd choice for <laughs> round one, right? Yeah. For, uh, chapter headings or whatever you want to call them. <laughs> right. Um, so 
he doesn't address that directly over here, right? The, but what he does. So, so on the page twenty nine. So when the when the word of God wants us to realize what are the principles of rights and humaneness which it demands for the respect of the human being, it starts off with the criminal. It takes, for example, the criminal against property, a criminal who in all other states is threatened with a dire punishment to body and freedom, shows us what the, the treatment of the, the God's idea of rights is in his state dictates. Chazal says, every is referring to a person who stole. So and he's sold into slavery for selling, for stealing. So now he, he later on he goes, he talks about the, I remember what he says by, by why he talks about the Kim Kriyish's Bitol Alma. But he said, if you want to, you want to stress how far we take the concept of rights, that an avid Ivory has has rights. I mean, okay, we're, you know we're used to such a concept to some extent, but we still believe in it. we still have a society a system which has incarceration. There is no such thing as incarceration in Torah. Right. right. The closest you have to incarceration is the avid Ivory. Right, which he sold into, into, into servitude, living with a family, them taking care of him, their responsibilities to him. It's a whole different concept. Like, like you know, the Torah is, is like, what's the word, woke, you know? Right? <laughs> right? Like, it's way ahead of the progressives. Wow. Right? I've heard that before. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hope I don't hear it again. <laughs> you know, like, we're way ahead already. They, they still haven't caught up yet, right? They, they don't put it back in the streets. That's not a solution either. You have to, you have, to have a solution, right? But the starting point is the rights of the, the rights of a criminal is the Gazah, right? That, that's where you start with with the, this you start of Mishpatim. There are chrayis to a human being, no matter how far he's went. Now, I was reading a. Um, A uh, piece from Rabbi Einstadter from Cleveland today. You know, we we have a concept in, in Torah, which is a very difficult concept. And we we know the concept that mitzvahs don't affect the various don't affect mitzvahs. So that means the fact that they did one of error, the more says because you did one of error, you should eat you, eat, you ate garlic once, you eat garlic a second time, or what? Right, right. The reality is, people get you know. So the, so the person did something really wrong. Right? He really hurt a friend of his tremendously. Lashon hara, guy messed up the guy's, lost his business because of him. It's like he says, he's a bench. It's just time for men. Like, I, I can't daven. Like I'm such a low life. How can I daven? That's not how the Torah looks at it. You're very, very, very good. You have to do tshuva on it. It's not a reason not to do the, not to do the next mitzvah. So, uh, he says, we can, we can imagine a situation where a person flew into a rage and lost control of himself and damaged or killed somebody. He comes to his senses, he's blood in his hands, and he's like totally ripped apart. He says, oh my gosh, it's 10 minutes to Tzashki, I got it on Mincha. <laughs> yes, that is the correct answer. Right? <laughs> The you know the it's a, it's a wild thought process he says you know like it it doesn't mean that you 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 ignore what this is but the the process 
of of living in, in the Russian's world is you have responsibilities. You have responsibilities to do. The fact that you did you, you, the Evid did something wrong doesn't absolve him for, for now doing what else right. That's why you keep him in society. You don't exclude him. We're correct. So this idea of because he's stolen, therefore we're going to put him away somewhere else, right. is, is exactly what you don't want to do. You want to say, okay, what you did wrong, you did wrong. Now, let's make sure that you do everything else right. And we'll work on that too. But, like, so you, you put him within a context where, where he's going to function. So that's one, one piece I want to share with you. The second piece I want to share with you... Um, Um, I have two reasons. It's a long piece. Um, it talks about the, the, the Isra of Ribus. He has a piece about the Isra of Ribus. Um, so the the puzzle is um Okay. The first half of the verse, which is it's it's in the singular. But is in the plural. Here the address is made to the community, to all the members of the community. Looking at them as an am, and this idea is still further stressed by the paragogic nun. So um so there is, if you if you ever notice in Chumash, um, there's this nun at the end of some verbs, which seems to be like not necessary. You ever notice that? I wouldn't know it. Okay. A love tishmaun. A love tishmaun means you should listen to him. A love tishmaun means you should listen to him. Okay. So what's the nun at, right? Right. Um, so, I once asked a a uh, expert in Semitic languages, who's considered like one of the biggest Bikim and Dikduk in in uh, in Hebrew, on this question. I, my question to him was: I find that the the paragogic nun is found much more commonly in Sefer Devarim than any other Sefer. I want to know what's what's that about. He says he doesn't have an answer for me. Right. Um, then he says to me, "What you know?" I says, "So, what is, you know, how do you understand the paragogic nun, this extra nun?" So he says, "Well, if you're familiar with, like, you know, you know, Arabic and all the other languages that he's familiar with, they all have this this idea of of, of this this uh, it's um, what's the word he used? Um, it's a device for, for 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 stressing something. It has emphasis. no what emphasis." But he had a different word for it, a little emphasis, right? So, but I, I'm not sure how reverse is understanding it over here, but reverse um, definitely sees that the, the pedagogic known is, is a stress. It's stressing something. means you as a community cannot place Neshech in him. So why the change? The lender is a, is, is, is a yachid, and the beginning of the talking about a yachid. You lend somebody money, don't, don't hound him. You, singular, don't hound him. And don't charge him interest. You, the community, don't charge him interest. Like, what's happening? 
Thou, the Jewish community as such, being such, shall not impose any interest on borrowers. For this one can see that at once that the Jewish law does not consider the law, the law of interest from the point of view that there's anything intrinsically wrong in interest itself. It's not antagonistic to the idea, to the idea of rights, but it's wrong in, in, in the sense of it's against, against the principle of which communal life is to be founded. So, the ribis betzim is not is, is totally not simple. That it should be also. I can charge you rent for my car. Charge you rent for my horse. I want to charge you rent for my money. No, you can't do that. Betzim, what is what is ribis? Ribis is rent for the money. Right. Right, so so it, it's it's not any different than any other any other type of rent, which all of them are, are permitted. But punct ribis is us. See if you tell me ribis is an evil thing, right? So, I mean, so that it'd be pretty evil to rent out my house. Also, I have an apartment. Why do you want to rent it out? Just give it out for free. But nobody said that. We have, you know, nobody has a record as of yet. You know, it's 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 satanic, you know, to evil to. Lend money, usurious, usurious rates, you know, right? Some people charge pretty usurious rates for their for their for their, their apartments. So, okay. What? That's my item, and part of the item is used to produce capital. So what what, what happened by, by, by ribis? This is the same time the Torah came along and said specifically regards to money. There's an acquire to make sure everybody has money. Items, you know, we'll work it out. You'll rent, you'll pay, etc. But when it comes to the idea that there's capital available, everybody has to have you have to make sure that you're, you're, you as a community are providing that there's capital available to people. And that's why the Lush and the Puzzle changes to Lush and Robin. The Isra Ribis is when you see yourself as part of a community. As an individual, of course I have a right to rent out my money. But as as a part of a brethren, a brotherhood. I responsibility to make sure my brothers have have what have their needs. Okay. So he so said the Jewish son was allowed to consider himself purely as a nosha, as one who of his own goodwill places the use of his money for a certain time, as well as somebody else, he'd be allowed to take payment for the temporary loss of his money. This is exactly what we may not, may not do. It's neither entirely his own money that he's lending, nor his decision to lend it entirely a matter of his own goodwill. He has a chiv to lend money. So in other words, in a society where you don't have a chiv to lend money, I, I, but Hagui of a chiv to lend money tells me that you're not really the Bible. His money is to be regarded as belonging also to God. To lend it is a duty. And the borrower is not simply an individual. He is Ami, an integral member of the community of God, of the community which Hashem wants to be built up by the magic power of duty. Okay? Um, when Hashem... Restore the Egyptian slaves, that means us, to set as human beings, vets them with the right to own property, sets them together into community, not by the force of necessity, but by the command to attend to duty. It's not the relatively poor man who has to search for the rich man, but the richer man who looks around for a neighbor who can make use of his surplus wealth and much more. And much like does the rich man need the poor man, then the poor man needs the rich one. The poor man needs the rich one for support for his material necessity. Mishnah finds in him the means of carrying out his highest spiritual and moral calling, surrender to God, the tribute of acknowledging that every half penny of our possession is lent to us by God. And that's why we talk about staka, 
We talk about the chiyav. The havoi is the, the highest form of stalker is havoi, but it's lashon of stalker, which means it's not something which is goodwill. Stalker means it's righteous, righteousness. Okay, so the duty of lending money without interest in the next paragraph is one of the one of the rocks of that granite basis on which Jewish social life, social life rests. Karen the duty is at the same time one of the great acts of acknowledgement by which God wants our allegiance to Him to be sealed by acts of sacrifice in daily life. Um, so now, the lesser law against interest clashes with the dictates of our natural sense of what is right. A simple idea of fairness justifies it. The less wrong there is in demanding interest, the more the prohibition interest joins the ranks of those laws which, like Shabbos, Shemitah, and Yovel, are to be evidence and reminders that it is God who rules over the world and over Israel. Okay? So all of a sudden, the Barisham ties the concept of Halvor like what does that have to do with ribbons? Right? And you understand that the person, the Gemara says, the next page, the saying of Yerisi, see how blind are those they will lend an interest. If otherwise one is called godless, one is cut to the quick. These people bring pen and ink, scribes and witnesses, have a document written, signed, and witness stating, so and so has denied the God of Israel. The more moments see, right? Lending is called being careful, but okay, you sell. I'm not becoming careful. That's just why we make money. Well, if you understand that your set of ribbons is not, it, it's from it's a, it's, not, it's not the problem. That it, it's wrong to, to make money. It's you don't understand where you fit in the universe. It's all, it's fascinating that you know ribbons in the, in this part over here is moved away to some extent already from the dinimomenus. It's placed already. You're talking about the the, the isser of of the you know. There's other isserim of nevela. It's all of a sudden we're talking about You know, like 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 the answer is because it's not a any moment issue. If you point that out, point that out, ribbis is found in Yeridea, not a chashem mishpat. It's a fascinating thing. So so you have your your shchita and trefus and mepasachalam and tarubis and pasakum and mepasazara and ribbis and nida. Avelis, better. It's not a cheshmish, but it's not a cheshmish thing to get in. It's a din on the on the person of how to be to lead a a a a, a more spiritually clean life. So it, it's like it, it makes the whole concept make sense. Um, so he points it out in the bottom the bottom paragraph over here. Um, <clears throat> um, we read remarks that Jerusalem there's no way denies the justification of interest itself only forbids it out of the principle of, of Jewish social un, united life one can argue, argue that in the modern way of looking at it money can be considered as a utility object so one could bring interest on loans under the, the heading of hiring Payment for the temporary use of which is a rent for a house, the use of a car, etc. He didn't have cars in those days. Okay. Allowed under Jewish law. Probably in a carriage or something. This argument overlooks the fact that in the case of the hired object, so so the more said like this, the more said like this. So what's talking of shot? What's what's talking of shot? What's the cloud? How you define the two? So I, I, in English, we have the same word for lending. I lend you my car, I lend you money. I lend you my car. I expect to get back the same car at the end. 
and lend you money, I expect to get back different money. Right, because, but you, I expect you to spend the money and give me the, if you give back the same money, why'd you bother me? Right? If I lend you eggs, I expect to get back different eggs. <laughs> right? Flour, etc. So in halacha, if it's consumed, it's called a halva. And if it's not consumed, it's called a schirus. Because when it's called a, the, 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 when it's not consumed, it's my car which you're using. So as long as my, you're using my car, so I have a right to charge you for it. When I lend you money and you use the money, you spend the money, or you consume the eggs, I'm not using your eggs anymore. They're, they're gone. I owe you money. So it's my money that I owe you. So well, that's where that's where the tar put the issue. It's also on lending food. Mr. Rice applies the food as well. If I would lend you five eggs, I'm going to ask to get back six eggs. It would be Mr. Rice. Could be told you don't have to have the shop fruits, it's worth but saying, but nowadays an egg is a shop fruit. <laughs> right? So, so the more says the chilik is, anytime it's the difference, the difference in halacha to the almost perfectly, uh, you know, everything has exceptions. So he's saying, so that, but where he's touching, it's not just, you know, a halachic vehicle to divide between the two. It, it lends a logic to the whole thing. Because as long as it's mine, so the Russian did, did allow me to have ownership in something. And, there, and I have a right to use it to, to capitalize it. So I'm doing that. If it's usurious, it's over, you know, the argument more talked about, you know, there's this, way, no, I'm overcharging, etc. We'll figure that out. But otherwise, that's what I'm allowed to do. As much as I had the money and the machiav is to get, make the money available to you, that you should have the money. So I gave it to you. And you ha- what you have now is just a chayv moment to me. So what, well, meanwhile, I'm not making money, you are making money, whatever. What's, what's, that's not mine anymore. That was out of my, that's out of my purview. So, so that's what makes sense. That's that's where the Torah put the iser of of uh, of asking for an increase in the return. In Parshas Bahar, he has a kenech. He says um, the Torah writes a lashon: "Geres hashav v'chayimoch." There's a chiyav to make sure that the gear and the tarsha live. And the next pasuk says, "Don't charge rivers." V'chei chichimoch. So he says, "What's the difference between the word v'chayimoch and v'chayimoch?" So the difference is smuchim. That the, the word v'chayimoch is, and they should live with you. So you have a responsibility to take care of them, make sure that they should live. V'chayimoch means v'chayim shell. The life of your brother is with you. He says, what does that mean? When I go out to work and I earn money, I have to understand that part of the money I'm getting, I'm getting for somebody else. That's, that applies to my brother. The person gave part of my money that I should share with my brother. So, well, as I'm working, I'm taking the life of the brother, my brother with me. The guarantee, I don't have that responsibility. When they come and they have a need, I have to make sure that they should, I should take care of them and give them what to live on. But the 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 if there's a chiyav v'chay chichimoch, it's not v'chay 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 chichimoch tells me that I live with his life as part of it by, by my thought process. 
so that money that I get, the reason why I'm not charging it, because I'm giving it to him, and it actually becomes his, because that's what it was supposed to happen. So then, so where am I charging ribbons? It's not mine, and it's supposed to be his anyway. Whereas the car remained mine the whole time. So I'm charging you. I, if, that, that indicates the fact that it was supposed to be mine. So I have a right to charge you. So it's, it, it, the, the, I think the way he puts it down is a beautiful... Uh, um, um, I tell you, when I spoke downtown two weeks, a few weeks ago, so um spoke about Tashkas, that's the topic the Sunday morning. So I spoke for a big Besides doing it over here, I figured I'd get mileage to do it over there a little bit also. Um obviously it was a little bit different angle. So one of the explanations of this about Tashkas, you know, I, you know, I presented different ways of understanding this about Tashkas. One of the explanations which the Rishonim touch on is the idea of spending frivol- frivolously, wasting money. That's about Tashkas. And then, okay, define frivolous, you know, what's called frivolous. But not, that's going to be very, very debatable, right? That's what I'm saying. But, so one of the people asked, it's not wasting any money because it's going from the, the, me, the purchaser, to the seller. Huh. So it's not wasting money. It's just transferring it. Right. Interesting. That was the question that he asked. So I, I said that... I, I, I didn't want to get too sidetracked, but I said the, the thought process of the Torah, when a person's giving money, a person's giving money to use for good purposes. The Torah is against the idea of just storing money for the purpose of money. Pancakes on the attic. Pancakes on the attic. Right? <laughs> but not the pancakes. Russia gave us the money for a reason. So I, I'm supposed to be, I'm supposed to steward the money and use it for good purposes. So I said, well, I can, I can justify this frivolous purchase because the mice somebody's making a lot of money on it. That's not, that that's that's my that's my business to make sure everybody has their money. That's not your business. Your business is the money I gave you to 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 to, to handle it in an intelligent way. That's your responsibility. Um, and you know I'm I'm obviously just continuing that thread. So over here, what he said. You know, over here, in a certain sense, over here, the, 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 the responsibility is to transfer the money. This is the one place where the responsibility is. But that's not, not that's part of the way I use money, is I was given certain money to make sure that it's, it's transferred to other people that they should have it. But then I, I don't, I'm, not, I'm not charging anything for that. that that's, part of, that's part of their rights to have that. Um, so I said that to them. I controlled myself. They did. Um, there's a Gemara in Gittin. The Gemara says, the Pesach says, uh, um, the capital of the Tillamut you say in the Beis Havel, right? The Pesach says that, you know, the, the, the people are going to die, they're going to leave over their, their, their efforts, their strength to other people. The person works hard to develop capital, and he passes away and gives it, it's gone. It's not his anymore. So whatever he, quote unquote, took his own, took with him, used it for Torah mitzvahs, that's his. Whatever left behind, it was just a, a wasted effort. 
right? So he spent 15 years of his life developing all this money, which he didn't take with him. Right. He left it for somebody else. So the more says that Rish Lokish, when he was nifter, he left over a cow of marikas. Marikas are a vegetable which is available right, for free down by the Agam. The different more the more he's lost in the you know, there's, there's a break is by the Agam. Right? So Lakish left over his total capital, right? He left over the end of his life was a Kava Marikas. The Karl Atzma Apostolic, the more says, Bosh, he wasted it. He could have learned another th- three minutes of learning in his lifetime. And not because he, like, he, he, he there was a one Kava Marikas he didn't have using. So his Gantza Yerusha for the Kindalach was, th- was a Kav of Marikas, and he's upset. <laughs> so I once heard Rebecca Wine says, he says, this definitely does not fit into the, the modern mindset of portfolios. What? Right, that's for sure. Right? Is that it, we're here for a limited amount of time to do as best as we can with the, with the resources that we have. So I cover this to, to I have a, I have a Talmud. Baruch Hashem is financially, uh, you know, more, as the saying goes, successful, right? And he was telling me that there's a fellow there in the shul who is anti-foundations. He says, what's a foundation? The person has a large amount of money. He wants to pr- protect it against the taxes, etc. So he was the foundation. And then over a period of the next one, how many years, he gives it away. It says, give it away now. Well, there's plenty of things, plenty of needs right now. Now, yes, I understand that sometimes, you know, there's something which is, but it's just the idea, it says, partially, says, the person said to him, he said, people do that because they want to maintain control over their items. It's the idea of, it's my money. And this fellow, he said that this fellow in the says, it's not my money. Russia gave me, and I, 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 I reinvest in the business, whatever I reinvest in the business. Take from my family, whatever take from my family, and the rest of the money I give away. It's not my money. To, the Russian gave it to me to do things with it. So the Russian didn't give me that I should, I should store it in a storehouse. You get the guy's number? <laughs> <laughs> but how do you respond to someone who says, I make a lot of money and I know how to invest it, so whenever I give it away, I'll have more to give away in 10 years. Than you would have it's a good question. It's a good question. You know, what's a responsible usage of the research that the Russian gave you? It's a fair question. But it's a question which has to be asked, right? <laughs> there is the most like the double portion. I should invest everything, and then I give you know I give a tenth. right? Right? I, I, I understand that the Gemara says that the mavazal yavazal yisur mechamish. You're not supposed to give more than a fifth. Comes comes the investors that's only by by an average person. By Ashram Muflig, you're allowed to give more. Right? It's like you know I, I go to the to, to the billionaires and listen. You know, can't give more than a fifth. I'm sorry. You know, and I, what do you want from me? Like you know, I, I should live. <laughs> I should only live on ten billion, like you know, like, you know, it's, it's, it's very rare, like you know, like it, it, it's got money coming out of you know, like out of out of out of his ears, like you know, do something with it. Okay. Now I got to keep a hold on the four fifths of it. The more that's not true. At some point in time, the appropriate thing is to find, look around, find ways that you can. Offer it to the world, better the world. The Russian gave it to you. Yes, you're not frivolous. It's just whatever, whatever you know. But think it through, and and find ways to do it. So and I'm fascinated that this young man looked there at the shul. He said that, that that's his attitude. It was like a beautiful, you know, like I, I'm, I'm sure he's not just like throwing it out, you know, 
the first guy walks in, you know, like a Rikreski comes in, you know, <laughs> or, or Maryland. What? I can try. Yeah, we'll go together. Let's. <laughs> I got a color to support also, you know. Um, I'm sure he would give, you know, whatever he has available to give, you know. Um, but money is a very challenging thing. Money is a very, very our relationship to money is very, is it, it's very sticky. Excuse the, you know the, we. Money gives a feeling of safety, gives a feeling of security, gives a feeling of power, right? And giving it away is is, is clearly challenging, right? And, you know, you're losing all those things that that feeling of safety and security, the feeling of power, the feeling of worth, value, success, all of those things we tie so much into the world of money, and it's a, it's really scary how powerful it is over us. So, being mocked on these things, that the, you know, the availability of, 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 of le- lending money in our society, n- not for ribbis, and you know, significant amounts of money, is a very, very powerful way of reminding yourself that it's not, you know, that you're not the boss. It's not, it's not yours. It's responsibility to, to share with others. Um, obviously, a person has the money. You know. The Chavos Chaim wrote, wrote a, in his, in his Avos Chesed, he says, everybody has a key of to, to, to Chaim this mitzvah. He says, my, the people can't do it. He says, so they, they, you know, these they, impoverished shtetla. He says, everybody would contribute a pruta a month. Make, make a chavit together. So it goes into the Sukkot of The Morris says, if you, two people do an Avera together, and either one is able to accomplish a Avera by themselves, they're both high for the Avera. Because each one is paid in such an integral role in the vera that's called their vera. So he says, I, we can't create a gemach in the city unless everybody contributes their pruta. So it's zenayachal, zenayachal. So every person who contributes their pruta, it's killing the whole mitzvah is being done. I'll shame them. So he says, so everybody's able to do that. You know, you give a pruta a, a week, pruta a month. And over a period of time, a, a Karen will build up in the city. There'll be money available to make sure the people in the city have what to borrow from. And the, you know, like the Chavos Chaim always has this way of looking at the things that are very practical. Yeah, I hear. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, um, a few years ago they started it. We, you know, we have Mayana Castle. We have the Gemara yeah. over here. A few people put some money in, and they, they, they think they keep putting money in. And Baruch Hashem, it's constantly it's, it's being used. Um, And now, Baruch Hashem, the Hebrew Free Loan Society is actually, you know, is made a little bit easier to get money for people, and uh, take out take out some of the clauses over there, which you know, talk about ribbis issues. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even it's free loan, but you know, there's assessment for being late, etc. Those which are not so simple that those are not permitted. Right, so uh, we were able to have a meeting with them and you know change some of the language of it. So, so, but that uh, that was my financial contribution to the. <laughs> I convinced them to, to to change the language to make all the money available. You contribute services. What? You contribute services. I contributed services. In, at, at 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 billing at five hundred dollars an hour was a lot of money. I can make the penny right away because nobody's paying it anyway. So at least I can take regards to values. You know. 
the more it says that the mice that Scarpa told I deserve. I mean, I could have went. To, I could have went to Harvard and got a, you know got a law degree, right? I didn't. I chose not to. So, but the mice. That's why. That's why I can do this. You know. So uh, it's a Scarpa Okay.